0: to popcorn for one your fortnightly film podcast where we review some classic and not so classic films for you all to enjoy we also discuss everything that goes on in between some stand and fandom life and we just generally chat about movies because you know what that's what makes us happy cinema club 2023 is here and we are here for it Wednesday, 4th of October, 2023. Welcome to Popcorn for One, your fortnightly film podcast. Besties, how's your fortnight been? Hiya. You all good? I hope so. This fortnight for me has been absolutely insane. And it'll probably be represented in what I'm doing on this episode. So yeah, it's going to be an odd one, but we'll get there and I hope you've all just got on with it. So what can you expect from this Fortnite's episode? We're going to start off with what I've been watching at home and at the cinema. Then we are going to go through the A to Z of films and see exactly where I'm up to. Then we're going to have our first review of a fortnight, which is The Strange Way of Life. Then we're going to look at what you've all been watching at home and at the cinema. Then I've got a little announcement. And then we will have this fortnight's big review. Yeah. Um, you are all expecting Strange Way Life to be this fortnight's big review, weren't you? No. No, 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 no. I, if I'm honest, I was expecting it to be that too. And, yeah, it's not. I mean, it still gets a long chat from me. It might actually be even longer than this fortnight's big review, but I think the one for the finale needs to have be this one. So, yeah. That's the plan for this fortnight's episode. And we will get going and we will start talking about movies. I just lied to you. I completely forgot in my intro. I'm literally about to publish this and do it on the delayed um acceptance on thingy. And I was just suddenly like, oh my god, I forgot to mention blah. So I'm mentioning blah. The writer's strike is over. Ah Oh my god, finally. Ah, oh, what was it? 142 days? It was April they walked out, wasn't it? Oh. I mean, yay, um, it's also quite good that so many of these shows have suddenly well it's also it's good but it's greedy that so many people have gone right we're going back to work straight away and we're gonna start writing because at the end of the day that's what we do they're right you know that's like me not going to work and doing accounting don't say a thing (laughs) i'll come friday (laughs) um but yeah it's just it's finally happening um i'm recording this right now on a monday this is the last thing i'm recording for this episode um the actors are having their next sit down today um so fingers crossed that's gonna be the case and obviously there's been a few celebrity sightings on the um, picket line in the last couple of weeks which has made um twitter and instagram go a little bit crazy but yeah the writer's strike is over that is very good um as much as actors means that stuff's not getting done, writers can then start writing what the next thing is. Yeah. So, good on them. Well done for getting there. Um, they should have got what they asked for in the first place. Um, I can't remember exactly what the deal was, but I did have a read-through of it last week when it did all go through and was like, yay! But... I feel for all of them and I'm glad that they're back and yeah that that's happened we can get back to writing and get back to going okay now we're gonna do this now we're gonna do that so hopefully the actors can follow along soon and hopefully we can all get back to normal and just go yes and everyone can get a fair wage as well so yeah sorry I didn't mention that in the intro but yeah the writer's strike is now over It is time for a rundown. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. The reason there's nine is because my cousin got married. I say my cousin got married. My cousin got not married. My cousin's been married for nearly two years. um, But due to legal reasons, she's... She had to get married in Denmark because her husband couldn't get into the country and there was all sorts of legalities with getting his visa and all sorts of stuff. Um, and then with COVID and the other stuff that's been going on in the world, it's meant that he's only actually been over here for like the last year. So it's only been this year and we have gone, we'd probably have a party to celebrate that we got married. So we did that. So I spent a few days up there um, at their blessing and their celebration um also we had quite a bit of football and golf going on um so yeah i just just haven't watched that many films but what i do have will be quite short as well because you're going to get two of them as reviews and i actually did feel a bit sorry for one film that it's not been recommended for a big review from me um but two i tell you about you'll understand exactly why um So I will be starting with that one a bit longer. So one will be very long and the rest of it will probably be quite short in this. So that's all right. I've already wrapped it on for nearly a minute and a half and we've not got going. So let's start. The Monday I went to Advanced Cinema and I went and saw Dumb Money. This is the film that I'm gutted I'm not doing a big review about. So much so that when it probably comes out on streaming or whatever we end up watching it on, I'll be sitting there busy going, right, Dumb Money, we need to talk. Because it's all based on um, the guys that ra- ran the stock exchange and the guy on YouTube, the guy with the cats, you know the guy, um, and how he sat there and went, Ah, oh, I don't believe that this is this and that is that, and you know, it's not fair. The stock exchange is run by these guys, so let's all just put in like maybe a quid or two, and you know, we'll see how we do. And it almost caused the stock market to crash, and a load of companies got bailed out, and it was how um actually the people that are helping for just the normal people that buy shares that might make a little bit of money end up going like mm, okay, yeah, we haven't got this much or no we haven't got that much so it's very interesting in that respect um Paul Dano's absolutely superb as believed in it um. I was just busy sitting there watching it and then when obviously it gets to the end of it shows you the guy who he actually is in the film you sit there and go oh my god he nailed that bang on um obviously we all watched the um congress trial via youtube at the end of it when they all um have to go and explain what happened in the month of january <laughs> um, to cause all of this so that is very interesting to see um uh, I'm not normally a big fan of Pete Davidson's acting, everything I've seen him in so far, he's either had bit parts where he's been irritating for hell or he's been given a big roll. It's like, oh, why are you in this, mate? What's going on? Why the but this one worked because he was the obnoxious, irritating brother. And he actually deals with it quite well. There are points when you do that and you sit there and be like, well, actually, you are, when he talks about um, being a bit more sympathetic or about, that, like, you know, this could change lives and what you've done has helped people, he's actually acting there and it's actually pretty good to watch. Um, so that I thought was really interesting and I really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, I left the cinema going, whoa, whoa. Um, all the people out of stock people as well are so clever. And it's quite fun that um, at the start it tells you what everyone's um, net balance is at the start of the film, you know. So they would sit there and they we go, Ah, it's Jim and he's got $105 in his bank account. And Jim then and puts $105 into buying the GameStop shares. And then at the end of the film, when, let's say, Jim, this person, Jim, leaves it, it tells you how much it's gone up by. And there's a few people where you think, yeah, good for them, it's good for them. And there's one person that you feel quite sorry for, and you're just like, oh, bless them. But it proves that the stock market should be taken seriously. It shouldn't just be run by all these um hedge fund up to corrupt people so much so that one of them in the film who was played by Seth Rogan wanted to buy the next door house so that then he had to so then he could build a tennis court um, because he didn't like driving the one mile or be um chauffeured for one mile to the public one that he could hire whenever he wanted yeah they are the kind of people that need to screw in over those kind of people. They need to be showing what true money is and, you know, what people are doing. Especially as one of the people in the film is a healthcare worker and they, you know, everyone on the front line and they're dealing with COVID and they're worried about vaccines and trying to prove points. It's just like, oh, and yeah, and they're struggling. And this guy's just like, oh, I moved to Florida so then I could buy um, the new build apartments here so I could put all our CEOs up in here so we could all have our Zoom meetings in everyone's back gardens and all look at each other's fences. no No. pay that one's mortgage much more important you understand my point there so yeah i really enjoyed dumb money and i'm so sorry that it's not a big review um i've done a kind of mini review here um but when you find out too that i am reviewing you'll completely understand why then i was watching no i was after something just to have on as general noise and poke up and be like oh yeah i'll watch this i'll watch that and I was going through Netflix and they had Madagascar. I like the move it, move it. I like the move it. <sighs> I have a friend who's a little bit obsessed with fire. Not in a bad way, but maybe. But we were still like, whoa, whoa And I always explained to her, you're like Melman. She's like, I would have been free when that came out. I'm like, shut up. Um... Like you know, I was a proper, I was almost a proper adult when that film came out. Um, you you cannot have been free. And so I always say that she's Melman. So the second Melman went fire, fire. She, I just sent her that gift. She's like yes. Um, it's weird. Um, it's Alex is looking back at it now, almost twenty years later. Alex is so poorly animated. It's like ugh. The penguins are epic. The penguins steal the show when it's a Melman, definitely. Um, but yeah, it's it was exactly what I needed on that Tuesday night. It was my like, okay, yeah, I've got this. This will be all right. So it was what I needed. It's still fun. It's getting dated now. You look at some references and go, <sighs> but nah, I still have fun watching it. Probably because you know it's from my younger youth. <laughs> so yeah. Then I went to the cinema and I saw the next Ken Poirot movie, uh, Haunting in Venice. Now, this has been advertised as being quite a dark version of um, the Poirot universe that he's been doing. And obviously, um, the last time it was a bit all over the place where there was problematic things in there and stuff like that. And so I was sitting there and I was like, I hope to be quite scared of this and like not jumping and like, ah! But I hope there remember being some few points where I, there's a score me going, ah. and I didn't. I think I did it once, maybe, in the film. I was expecting it much more often. Um, he had picked his cast. Some of his cast um, and the characters, I don't feel that we learnt enough about to actually care about why. Um, it's quite clear from the trailer who the first person is that's going to be murdered. Um, and then when the second person... Um, is murdered that's well that's probably a bit of a spoiler I'm sorry look it's a pro film you can't just expect one death you're probably expecting two or at least another attempt on someone Um but when the second person is murdered I worked out ah, okay but I'd worked it out quite early on who was doing the killing because they were solving another murder they were solving murders and I was I worked this out it's blah because blah 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 and blah and when it got to the start of Act 3 and he went, I've got you all here. I'm going to tell you who is the matter it is. And I'm so sorry. That's an atrocious accent. That's me trying to be Sir if being Poirot. Um, My bad. Um, I'd worked it out. Um, I'd also kind of worked out that another thing was linked to it. And that made sense. Venice looked beautiful. The score was nice. And Sir Ken was back to being... Back to proper pro, because in the last one he was a bit like oh, okay there's too many his first one made him Praro and he people wanted to work for Kenneth Branagh the second one people wanted to be in a Kenneth Branagh pro, and in this one um, Sir Ken was like no I want to work with you and you and you and you and then we'll get other people to fill the other roles and you could tell that by the character development of some people as well um it was bang average <laughs> um it was better than the last one, uh, but that's not saying much. Um, but it was it was all right. Um, if you've been watching the Sir Ken Poirot's, it's definitely worth a shot. Um, again, Sir Ken's good, the scenery's good, the score's good. Um, a couple of the other actors in it are good, but there's a few that we don't spend enough time with to actually care about. So, that's that. Then I went to my cousin's wedding, and then I went to see strange way of life that is this fortnight's first review then I was sitting here and I was just chatting to a friend while um, Bake Off was on, very busy. Camp. We were talking about something and we were like, talking about the Lorax for some reason. I have no idea why. And I went, I've never seen that. She was like, I'm sorry, what? It was one of my favourite films growing up. I was like, okay. So I went onto Netflix and I found Valorax. I didn't know, because I actually know very little about Dr. Zeus at all other than The Grinch and Mr. Hooperhumpadink. That's it. That's all I know about Dr. Zeus. Um... So, yeah, um, I didn't expect it to be um, Danny DeVito and that insane voice cast. Um, it was a good story of musical number halfway through. It was pretty cool. I liked that. But I didn't realise it was all going to be about deforestation. So when they started doing that, I was like, oh, okay. Because I was thinking it was going to be um, more based on one character within the film. But it was actually based on the other. Okay, I understand that that character then had to prove a point. But um, it was it was sweet. good life lessons for kids to appreciate what you've got and to, you know, what we're doing to the world currently and how greed does this and how this does that. And, ah, I understand it and it's good for little kids, but I'm not a little kid and I've never really got Dr. Zeus other than the Grinch. But let's be honest, everyone understands the Grinch. They really do. So, yeah. Glad I've seen it. Won't be watching it again. It was... It was okay. Then I went to Secret Cinema. And that is the big review of a fortnight. Yes, it is. Hang on. Then I was sitting here and it was drag race and I was doing this and I was like, I need something after drag race just to just to calm down before I go to bed. Because you know drag race I love drag race, but it was the first episode, and the first episode is always quite stressful when you learn a lot about the queens and just I just need something calm before I go to bed. And good old player always deliver in showing the wrong trousers. Ah, we will watch this on Christmas, by the way, because it will be the 30th birthday. And this is a Feathers McGraw stan account. You all know that. And it is the greatest chase scene of all time. And it is a the fact they go, good grief, it's you. That's all I have to say. It's iconic. It really is. Then the A to Z of films, Continued and I asked people what I should watch, and lots of people came back with various of the different comedies that I had for H again. Oh, what about hitchhikers? What about um hot Fuzz What about hot shots? What about the hangover? What about Hips, Man's Bodyguard? And then the Hiddleston girls got involved and went, I'm sorry, I know you've seen we've seen it at least once this year, but you gotta watch High Rise, you gotta watch High Rise, you gotta watch High Rise, watch High Rise So I watched High Rise. So H was for High Rise and Hiddleston, A Loki Stars Friday, happy days. Um, so, yeah, I've talked quite a bit about High Rise on here. Um, it's still quite funny when Angelos turns up and is like, yes, um, and it does show what a bad dystopian future that they all predicted from the past. And Luke Evans is an evil bastard in it. Oh, there's no one that's actually very nice in that film. The only people that are nice are those kids. Yeah, poor kids. When the guy falls off onto that car, I was like, oh, OK. Yeah. Boo to uppity people. Boo, boo, boo. Finally, I was after something a bit sci fi and a bit, ooh, okay. So I was just going through um, my parents' Prime account and I saw they had knowing. I've never seen knowing. All I've ever known about knowing. Is that it's Nicolas Cage kind of predicting the future as to when big events happen? I had no idea it was sealed in a time capsule, and I had no idea that it was um, when stuff was going on and when things were going to happen. Um, and realised he was a scientist that worked out. However, he's a scientist that worked out at his school. Who's his colleague at school? Ben Frickin' Mendelssohn. Ah! Automatic extra half star, which says a lot. Um... I understand that, oh, it's hard to make um, a disaster movie when you're that close be that good, especially in 2009, they didn't... I mean, some people still struggle now trying to do that, but some of the way some of those things crash and things go on, is like, okay, no, that's far too CGI, that's this and that's that. Um, some of it is pretty full-on and graphic, um, especially the finale, but... I think I understand why they had the whispers and the people, and ah, oh, it was just. Oh. It then lost its way. I understand why. I was just thinking about this one child I had to gift from. I wasn't expecting that. We didn't need the fucking tree of life at the end as well, and more Goldilocks zones. No, 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 no. um also it was pretty cathartic but also predictable how it was going to end and then when it did end it was like okay so yeah that's all that um but i did feel for rose Bryan's character who spent the entire film once we knew she existed which took forever um standing there busy going i know the day i die i know the day i die and everyone assumed it was going to be the day of the big thing that happened and it was the day of the big thing that happened, but it happened because she got in a car accident trying to avoid the big thing that happens. And I was like, ah, oh, bugger. So close, girl. So close. I mean, at least she didn't have... Was- okay, she's dead. I get that. But oh, when you're that close to actually getting to the end, to then get killed off by that, that was that was clever. I appreciated that. Nicholas Cage is alright in it. I looked before I hit the play button. It came up with um the trailer for Unbreakable with Massive Talent, and you might want to watch this. I'm like, I know. I love Harvey G. Let that man be there. Let Harvey, 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 Harvey. Sorry, just doing a Nicholas Cage going Harvey. Maybe like, this time I'm not No, sorry. Um. See, even in this, I've got distracted by Softie. This is not good. But, um, knowing, knowing's a decent end of a world disaster movie, um, that's about it, it's got far too many CGI 2009 tropes, which you sit there and just think, <sighs> that would not, well, I'm sitting in now, i going, hmm, at that from 2009, so that's the case. And that's it, that's the nine films of the fortnight, which was actually seven, which has nearly taken 18 minutes, my bad, people's. I'm going to blame dumb money for that. I really am. And Haunting of Venice. But, yeah. That's what I've watched in the last fortnight. There might be some stuff in there that you want to watch. But you're all here for the two big reviews. You're all here for the Strange Wildlife. And for um Secret Cinema in a little bit. So we will get onto that right now. And we will start chatting. Let me tell you how the A to Z of movies is going. A is for Australia b is for being the ultimate disaster movie c was for crazy stupid love d was for the departed e was for edge of tomorrow f was for free guy g was for goodwill hunting and h was for high rise we didn't get to i i'm sorry i thought that might be the case but you know that's how life goes sometimes however i am thinking i am gonna do um i today um I'm recording this on the Monday, because um, I thought I might have done it on the Sunday. So the options for I, as I went through last time, are Inception, the greatest movie of all time, I Am Legend, Ice Age, Ice Age 2, I Don't Know How She Does It, The Imitation Game, In Between Us 1 and 2, Incredibles 2, In Her Shoes, All 4 Indiana Jones movies, The Informant, Inglorious Bastards, Insomnia, International, Interstellar, In Time, Isle of Dogs and The Italian Job jay you have options for jay but there will not be um, one that you get to pick the options for jay are johnny english reborn john wick chapter one two and three jojo rabbit jumanji and jumanji welcome to the jungle jumper but i'm gonna watch juno yeah, it's one of my sister's favourite films and I've never seen it, so I am going to watch Juno. We might get around to K. It's a very small option for K. They are Keeping Mum, Kevin and Perry Go Large, King Richard, Kingsman um, Secret Service, Kingsman Golden Circle, The King's Speech, Knives Out, and Kung Fu Panda. Oh, and the two Kill Bill films. I forgot about them, they're on Blu ray. Yeah, I have them as well. Yeah. So we'll definitely do I and J. We might get to K. Okay, it all depends on how a few things happen because obviously I have a few big personal things going on in my life in the next two weeks. So yeah, we will find out how that goes then. And yeah, we'll just we'll just keep a track on how we're doing with v to of physical media. But yeah, we'll definitely be up to ten by the time that we next chat, peoples, for sure it is time to talk about strange way of life yeah (laughs) i've actually done um i actually listened back to my um end of 2022 um podcast the other week um because i just wanted to see a few things because it's normally around this time of year when i start planning and doing stuff and i was going through what my watch and hit list was for the year and i sat there and i went God knows how I'm going to watch Strange Way of Life because it's a short, it's an arty film and no way is it going to come out over here. No way at all. It's going to be something that appears maybe on BBC Two or BBC Four or some weird channel in like three years' time and I'm going to have completely forgotten about it and be like, oh, I missed it. Darn it. So yesterday, I went to go and see it. Yes, I did. I went to go and see it in the cinema and, oh... We were so happy when we actually found out that not only was it going to be released in cinemas, it was going to be released in UK cinemas, we're all gonna to get to see it all on the same day. Which for the majority of us we did. It was like, yeah, let's let's go and let's have fun. And yeah. It was nice that we actually got to do it, especially after the hype of can and um the reviews had happened and in fact that other places in Europe had already seen it. Um I know some of you Americans do not see this until the end of next week and the week after. Um, but you will all enjoy it um, but it was still a, oh oh we actually get to see this now yay happy days which is which is always good it's always nice to see oh yeah we get to do this we get to do that so that was very good so I when I found the tickets um, which I've already probably explained to you on a previous podcast but I haven't gone back and listened that far yet um, I s- saw that my, my friend had booked it up for when she saw it about five weeks ago and she went, oh, I'm going to go see it. I was like, "Well, just see, because we've heard a rumour that it's showing here. And I saw, I didn't see that it was in any of my chains that are down here. Um, but I saw that the Duke of York's in Brighton was showing it. And I was like, that's OK, I've never been to the Duke of York's. So that'd be nice. And it had that, oh, it's members' access only first. I was like, OK, so it's like, I've got a local cinema 10 minutes away from me. We'll have a look around, we'll you know, we'll see. And there it was, ready to be booked up on a Monday night. So I booked that one up instead. So I've still never been to the Duke of York, so I'm so sorry. I will do, because it's... I do believe that book? cinema, and from where it was originally, is a doomsday book. And it is um, a grade two listed building. It's hard to actually do anything to it. It all has to go through, like, English heritage before you can touch it, basically. If they want to paint the toilet, it needs to go through four levels of red tape and legal stuff before you can do that which is interesting anyhow I digress so I went to the cinema um obviously I booked my seat as soon as I possibly could from I was upset because the seat I like at my local cinema um was already booked it was the only other seat that was booked from was too. I was like darn it so I picked the next one um so I got there and um, what was weird was my showing was 8:15 and my friend that, um her showing was 7 30 so she was busy messaging me up till about 7 45 he's gonna art like, oh, trailers and finish um we're about to start now bye like, huh so then i then left and then drove to my cinema sat around and did that. i was impressed um my little screening um it's the second screen it's a smaller screen it's got the balcony so it's got the upper bit so i have no idea how many people are on the floor but i know that at the top it was um three quarters full definitely um each row had each row has about 20 people in it and each row had a between 10 to 12 people in there um which was good um right old mix of ages um from uh 15 year olds um to older people because you know it's Nazi film um it's a really interesting um pedro is an interesting director not um pedro amada or not um pedro pascal obviously um so he draws attention as well so that was interesting didn't like the fact that we had so many trailers before we didn't even find out who's starring in our panto usually my local cinema around september time starts putting up as an advert this is who's in panto this year so so huh we didn't even get that but we did see, for the first time, I saw the, um, Michael Caine, The Great Escaped, or The Great escape I can't remember exactly what it's called, but that looks really good. I was like, yeah, that looks cool. Also, it's weird because sometimes um, my local cinema, because it's only got two screens, and it's trying to put on as much as it possibly can, um, it does have um, films that have come out but aren't actually there yet because they're going to put it on a week later um, when they've finished doing something else. We had a trailer for Dumb Money, which was a like, I've seen that. <laughs> I saw it as an advanced preview and it's been out now for over a week. So, hmm, but yeah, that was interesting. And then um, up came the title card and it said there will be a Q&A afterwards. And I was like, oh, OK, that's cool. And it will happen once the credits finishing. OK. The Q&A was more of an interview than a Q&A. And it was double the length of the film. So much so that I was looking at my watch busy going. We're going to be done. Because my parking literally expires at 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, so I was like come on, come on, come on, come on. So I was like. Egh. I mean it was interesting um, watching him talk about. How, why he writes his short stories. And where he gets his inspiration from. And why he wanted to do this film. And why he picked that. And it, as someone that loves looking into film and why things are made and things like that because that's what i love um it was very insightful and i really enjoyed it and it was good um obviously this happened straight after the film the film is obviously short so i needed to make it longer so it then it was worth your money yeah i actually paid i paid to go and see this from yeah i know and it wasn't even on their bargain monday they were like nope so they actually made a lot of money on monday I'm surprised they're not going to do more of a conort like that... ...with advanced previews that are a one-off... ...because they'd make a killing. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, But no, I understand why they had the Q&A. It was quite long. Um, When the film finished... um, I'm not sure on the lower levels... ...but two groups of people on my level... ...once the film had finished left. And then people throughout the Q&A... ...because it was in subtitles... ...and it was all in Spanish. and Obviously some people don't go for that... Um, people left throughout the Q&A. But I stayed for the whole thing. I was like, no, I've paid. I'm going to watch it. I would like to understand why he's made this film, especially when he then talked about um, what he thought the end would be if it went any longer and the fact that he actually quite liked making it as a short because that was as far as he wanted to tell his story. For the actual film itself, it is good. It is very good. It is far too short. Even an extra 10 minutes to make it 40... Would have been lovely. I just needed a bit more, because when it ended and he asked the question, you once asked, what do two guys do living on a ranch together? And then he answers? It, which obviously both of them have posted about on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and t- threads and whatever it's called. Um, and we've all mentioned that that's been the thing for the whole advertising campaign. What could two men? alone on a ranch living alone on a ranch could do that's not spoiling it because that's throughout the theme um but when that happened when the spirit goes da, 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 ha, uh, and then the film ends, I like huh? i wanted more i didn't need necessarily another half an hour I needed 10 minutes just to flesh out a few more bits of details either before that point or just after. As i get why it was a poetic ending i do but it was uh, like <sighs> and i was very very glad because we initially all as we put we're not going to look for anything to do with strange way of life we're not going to do this we're not going to do that and then an image leaked online which is rather peachy um and we all had a collective freak-out. I'm quite glad that we did, that we knew that this was going to be the case, um, because then when it did happen on the screen, I was not sitting there busy going, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, I'm firsting. help, 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 help. Which was very nice to not happen. Um, it was still rather glorious seeing it in that size on that big a screen. But it was rather peachy. Um, it's really well-acted. Um, there's um, one scene where you can just... I quite like that to have not been so edited and for that to have been one take, I think it would have had a bit more, like, ah oh, to it. I understand why they edited it and did that, but maybe if it was, like, one perspective from one person and then one from the other, that would have been like, oh, OK. That would have worked a little bit better, but it was all... It was organic and their chemistry worked and it was there was love and anger and just like oh. i needed a few more flashbacks as well to when um they were younger i mean i understood the point from when they were younger but i think we could have understood a little bit more as to where it was going and why it had taken 25 years for them to reunite after that um month and why even hawk i haven't even mentioned even Ethan hawk even Ethan is the other lead. Um. Yeah, why he decided actually I'm going to be the sheriff now and why um, Pedro silver decided actually um, no, I'm still going to do this as a life and I'm going to have a ranch and going to have family and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, also, there was a point where they're having dinner and Ethan Hawke sits there and uh, Pedro looks at him and he goes, don't look at me like that. I was just like. I'm sorry, the entire world would love Pedro Pascal to look at him like that. Because he did the, have the uh, G, I know he has the same puppy dog eyes, whoever he is, but he did the, have the G puppy dog eyes at him. and was like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> I was just like, what? Uh, there was also a line, um, quite near the start, where he's sitting there and he's going, I need a doctor because my back is killing me. And there's an intro, there's a video of Pedro years ago he's going like, I'm just an actor and my back hurts so much. And it's just like yes. And that was the thing I messaged everyone when I left the cinema. I was like, Oh my god, his back. Oh, did you laugh? And the other one, yeah, and Dex who'd already seen it went, Yeah. Um It was so well acted, they were so good. Um they, Ethan and Pedro just bounced off each other, and you could tell they were really enjoying it. Um maybe it'd be good as an hour long play. That would work. You could do half an hour. You can do 20 minutes without the start, but you can do a 20-minute flashback. I mean, you can do a 20-minute finale. You can do it for an hour. Do it in three parts. And, yeah. Oh, oh, I've just thought of that. Let's do that. Yes, please. That would be perfect. Make it an hour. <laughs> 20 minutes for the start. 20 minutes for the flashback and for the end of the argument. 20 minutes for the finale. Oh. There you go, Pedro I'm, I've sorted that out for you. That's what you need to do. um, Because then we would have just known a, a little bit more. As someone that loves I sometimes sit here and go, like, oh, I'd love to sit in the cinema for three hours and watch a film, which obviously has been proved with um, Oppenheimer and the fact that I'm going to go and see The flat Killers of the Flower Moon uh, soon. I need to book that up. I need to check something first, though. So. Um, but it was just... Oh. It wasn't spectacular, but it was better than I thought it was going to be. But I think it did need longer. I needed to know more. But what I saw, I thoroughly enjoyed. And it wasn't... Obviously, it is a two-hander with a few additional people, including those two in the flashback scene. But they're hardly in it. ruined it for all of, what, three minutes? Um, which is 10% of the film, but, you know. Um, also, the scan down Pedro's back with Balinga. Ah, uh, ah, yeah. That was the thing I was having more of a moment at. I was, was re- I was ready for looking at some peach, but yeah, that was the ah moment. I was, you're not, you're not, you. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. I'm really glad I've seen it. Because I was not. I was expecting this to be one that got away this year. 100%. And it hasn't. And I'm very happy that I have got to see it. And I got to see it at my local cinema. I got to put on my first glasses. got to have a cup of tea. got to watch it. And yeah. I'm very glad I've seen it. And it's it's really good. And it will be. Silver will become a Pedro cult hero. Absolutely. I know there's people that are. Because people say that Dave is a little bit. Because not many people remember Dave. <laughs> whatever but it's good it was so good so yeah that's what i watched yesterday on monday and yeah that is my minute my review okay a lot of it was talking about and q a and the build-up before it my mini review is half the time of that film <laughs> oh well yeah 14 minutes in a 32 minute film so we're nearly halfway so yeah that's what i think about strange World life and yeah um Try and catch it when it comes on demand or wherever it appears on TV. And if you're in America, it comes out in, I think, two weeks' time so you can watch it then. So, yay. Happy days, people. Happy days. Thank you, Pedro, for that lovely peach. It's time to look at what you've all been watching in the last fortnight at home and at the cinema. As always, we start with the home viewing chart. New entry at number one, Barbie. Yep. It'd come out on demand so that was number one for that week from 20th to 26th indiana jones down the destiny was at two across the spider verse was at three meg two was at four fast x was at five super mario bros was at six equalizer two justice for dave york leapt up the chart to seven elemental was at eight jurassic world dominion was at nine and Puss in boots for last wish was at ten Enter the Dragon re-entered the chart. That entered in at number 16. Um, Sleepy Hollow remake. That entered. That was the first time that's entered the chart. That entered the chart at number 24 that week. Other than that, there wasn't much else that had changed within that chart. So that was what happened on the week of the 20th to the 26th. From the 27th to the 3rd, Um, which obviously goes up to today, Barbie remained at number 1. Yep. The Indiana Jones and Modala Destiny was at 2, The Flash was at 3, Meg 2 was at 4, Fast and Furious X was at 5, Across the Spider-Verse was at 6, Super Mario Bros was at 7, The Exorcist for the first time ever entered the chart at number 8, I'm guessing this because it's the 50th anniversary, which I'm currently t- contemplating whether I go to or not next week, yeah. I wish I could ask for help, but I don't know if I'd enjoy it or not. Nine was John Wick Chapter 4. And ten, going back into the chart, was Top Gun Maverick. Um, Strays was a new entry at number 17. Um, Blood and Black Ice was also a new entry at 21. That is about it for that week in the home viewing chart as well. As for your cinema watching... Ah, there we are. This is a week from after. Let me just check. Yep. Sorry, it's because something something similar. Um, Number one for the weekend of the 15th to the 17th of September was a haunting in Venice, taking £2.1 million. Two was the taking £1.1 million. Equaliser three was at three, taking £874,000. Jaron took £480,000 at four. Barbie, remember number one in the home streaming chart, was at five, taking 456,000. Past Lives was at six, taking 374,000. Oppenheimer was at seven, taking 323,000. My Big Fat Greek Wedding Three took 266,000 at eight. Sound of Freedom took 184,000 at nine. Ever Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with their Mutant Mayhem took 182,000 at ten. Um, there was um an fan event which um took one hundred and sixteen thousand that week, which was good. It was also um when it was Batman Day, and The Dark Knight Rises took one hundred and seventy five thousand pounds. Good on it. Then for the week end of the twenty second to twenty fourth, A Haunting in Venice stayed at number one. It took one point four seven million pounds. Expendables Four, which was the big budget new film for the week, um, was at two? And that only took seven hundred sixty one thousand mm. pounds. None two took seven hundred three thousand at three. Equalizer three took five hundred thirty seven thousand at four. Dumb Money took five hundred six thousand at five. Barbie took two hundred ninety five thousand at six. Past Lives took two hundred seventy thousand at eight. No, at seven. Oppenheimer was at eight, taking 261,000. German took 207,000 at nine. And the re-release of Beauty and the Beast, because it's Disney's birthday, finished off the top ten. And that took 145,000 pounds. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's the first time that's happened with a Disney re-release. This weekend, I believe, is The Lion King. Um, So that'll be interesting to see what that's done there. There was also um, a re-release of The Lord of the Rings, um, The Two Towers, the extended version, and that took 124000 at 13, so good on that. Um, In relation to how Barbie and Oppenheimer are doing, um, Barbie, so far in the UK chart, um, over its 10 weeks of release, um, has taken £95 million. Oppenheimer... In it's 10 weeks of release has taken 57, nearly 58. There's about 100,000 before we get there. Uh, 58, let's call it 58, 58,000, 58 million pounds. That's so good because on average, Barbie is therefore taking 9 million a week and Oppenheimer's taking 5 million a week, and that's so happy for them both, I really am. And I know we are dropping down the charts slowly, but Barbie is also number one in the home streaming chart, so it's not like she's not doing well there. Um, so, yeah, you've all just kept watching Barbie everywhere, and you've also been watching a bit of Sir Ken in Venice. Did surprise me what it held off the Expendables 4. Yeah, I've not really did. So, yeah, you've watched Barbie, 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 Super Mario Bros., um, Indiana Jones, Haunting of Venice, Expendables, and The Nun. Yeah. That's been your fortnightly viewing, people. Hopefully you've had fun watching all of that. Today is Friday the 29th of September 2023. And uh, I is now 6.05. And at about no, 1.58 this afternoon, I hit my golden buzzer for film of the year. Yes, I did. Ah! I know I've technically broken my own rule um, because usually I wait until I've watched the top five films in my watch list and then go, yep, that's fine. Uh, Then I'll hit it. Obviously, june has been delayed, but I've not watched the Marvels yet. But I have a feeling that I'm just waiting. I don't think anything's going to beat it. And um, what I saw on Wednesday I thought might have had the opportunity to and it has come close um but yeah it's actually it's always a bit of a relief when you pick your golden buzzer because you go well that's film of the year everything else now is up for grabs (laughs) so I am very happy to announce that that has been hit you will find out in 91 is it 91 days time yeah 91 days You'll find you'll find it at the start of January as to what one golden buzzer for twenty twenty three. Um, it's I'm gonna say it is what you're expecting. It's what I have. it's still been in my mind. So yeah, No, you're just gonna have to wait and see when we get to that point when we give out the end of year awards because. It's going to be fun. You're going to be like, ooh. Yeah, it's also quite interesting because I picked my favourite film of the year last year around this time as well. So, obviously, I get to September and I think, nope, nothing's going to beat that. (laughs) So, yeah. And, I mean, last year was justified. So, yeah. Although this year... You're just going to have to wait and find out, aren't you? So, yeah. That's what... I've done, I've hit the golden buzzer, Film of the Year has been selected and I am so excited to tell you but it's going to be such a long wait, ah, woohoo, it is time for this fortnight's big review and it's the secret cinema review, I know, oh, I hear you all say, so this is quite funny and entertaining and then also quite, oh my god. So, obviously, Cineworld do not give you any clues when it comes to Secret Cinema. You book it and you take your chance and you just go, well, let's see. So, I did that. And I knew that i had been doing it, so I knew there'd be clues. And I had no idea that View also did it. And then all of a sudden, my feed was filled with people going like, oh my God, if you were not only doing Secret Cinema, but they accidentally posted the time of the film... So everyone then leapt onto IMDB and letterboxed and tried to work out what the film was. um, And then view about 40 minutes later, changed it to the normal 90 minutes. And then upped it to 120, then dropped it to 80, then upped it to two hours and five. And just kept changing the time just to like be like, ah, oh, we do this all the time. Like, yeah, you put up um 132 minutes though, so, hmm. So, everyone, so the other thing is, there's a lot of films that were 132 minutes. Um, so everyone's had an initial guess. Um. And then there was a rumour going around that it was going to be the new Ken Loach film because it was um actually having its premiere at that time. It was like, oh, OK, that could be the case. Then people were reading the clues and were like, oh, it could be Sorex. X. And then there was a clue linked to Nolan and something being the Duke. And it was like... Okay. Is it the new Michael Caine film? Is it um the Great Escaper? And I was like, ah, could be. So I went and I got there. I had my dinner there first. Um and I sat down and my row had five people in it a little bit away from me and two people um quite near me. Um and I'd say it was probably about seventy percent full. Wednesday night's a weird night. It was also later. Normally advanced screenings or secret cinema is 7.30, but it was 7.45. It? Oh, okay. Interesting. So I was like, maybe there's no adverts. Also for um, advanced screening or secret screenings, you get there on time. Because it's likely that they're only going to show you trailers and not adverts. No, I've up a whole lot here. I was like, okay. So sat there, watched the trailers. Trailers did not help. Because there was an indie film and there was a horror film and there was a, two blockbuster films. I was like, oh, this doesn't help because that blockbuster film has been shown before every film at the moment. So that's not helping as to what it's going to be. And I was like, okay, what was it? are we going to watch? What's happening? And I sat there and I swear that the title card comes up slower for Secret Cinema than the rest of them. I'm going to time it. I'm actually going to... We'll get to that in a minute, actually, but it's not for now. Um, so up came the title card, eventually. And there was a few people that went, Oh, oh, oh! And there was a few people went, Yes! And a few went, Oh, yay! And there was a lot of sighing. And it said the words, The Creator. Ooh! The Creator's been on my radar for a little while now. From... Um, I think from when I first saw The *Little Mermaid*, it's been on my radar. I think it was the trailer from when that came out. It was around that time, anyhow, and I hadn't heard of it before. I was like, "Oh, it's um John David Washington, and it's the guy that did *Rogue One*, and it's Handsome." Well, we'll watch it. We'll see how it goes. And I felt sorry for the guy in my row first of all. Um, I understand sci-fi. AI is not a film for everyone. So about twenty people got up and left at the start, I'd say, including five people further along in my way. Um and at about an hour and ten in, the guy about sat three seats along from me was sitting there and he was on the edge of his seat and he was really enjoying it. And his girlfriend just tapped him and it was a quiet bit in the film and she just whispered, Can we go on board? And he went <sighs> and up he got. And I'll be left with his girlfriend. That's counterproductive. Unless he has an unlimited card, that's completely counterproductive because he—if you don't have an unlimited card—you pay a fiver for Secret Cinema because you don't know what you're going to watch. Um, So if he was enjoying that and he wants to go and see that again, the creator now minimum is going to be ten quid to go and see again. So, they, between them, paid £10 to see that film. He could have said to her, you know what, go get a coffee. I'll be out in an hour because there was about an hour and ten left to go. I was like, why, mate, why? Because it was at the point where something was about, he left, and two minutes later, a reveal happened. I was like, ooh. I was like, that guy should have stayed and got his uh, girlfriend to stay. He would have so enjoyed this. It's just like, oh, poor guy. <sighs> By the way. I would never do that to you unless it was Saw X or something absolutely horrendous. But I'm still probably trying to stick it out. Um, if you are enjoying it, <laughs> I've never walked out the cinema yet. Still the case. Um, so yeah. So I sat down and I watched the creator, which is actually one of the shortest turnarounds from it being a secret cinema to it being in a screen. I'm not sure why it was only a day's difference, but it was a day's difference. <laughs> Um, visually, wow. Script is not the best. However, the way it's delivered and the panic within some points, and it is all about the feel and making you want to feel a specific way about certain characters and the way that we as humans deal with certain things and how we pass blame on others and how things just aren't dealt with very well. And it's really emotional. And if you've not seen the trailer... i will give you a little synopsis now. John David Washington has been asked to go on a mission... ...to pick up a weapon that AI have invented... ...which could win AI the war against humans. He goes to pick it up. And it seems to be a little girl who is, t- who is made from AI. And it's about that journey. And there is stuff that goes on beforehand... But I had no idea about. And there is stuff after that point that goes on that I had no idea about. And it's interesting that you pick up little clues along the way. There are some shots where you just really just go, oh wow. Um, they actually do go there with that. Um there are people that turn up in this movie that I had no idea were even in it. Because I, I've actually... When the trailer comes on in my. I try not to watch it. So I didn't realise that one, two, three people all were in it. one of them I did. But I didn't realise they'd be in it for so long. I thought it'd just be one scene and they'd be gone. But I was like, oh, wow. Um, I liked the AI. The AI that were human-based were clever. But the AI that weren't human-based also had a point. And it was okay, yes, I understand that. Um... It got dark at points. It really didn't care who it killed. And the damage it's left in its way. Which is quite poetic based on why this is all happening. Um, it's in the future, but not far enough in the future that you're sitting there. You know, you sometimes sit there and you go, Oh, in this year we're going to do this and we're going to do that. You go, Oh, okay, yeah. Bleh. I could easily sit here. in you know, If this happened in... Because it's set in like twenty sixty five or something like that. If this all happened in between twenty sixty and twenty seventy, I'd completely believe it right now. Because, there, we don't have jet boats. We have the little um, rockety transporty things that makes so us. We have that. We have the capability to build something like that. Maybe not with that precision, but you know, in twenty years, in. No, it's 40 years' time. We could build that, you know, or it could be built. And it's interesting to see that that's the case. And it's interesting to see how the way the politics works. And John David Washington is proving that he is a leading sci fi man now. Um, Obviously, he did Tenet um, with Nolan, and now he's doing um, this. Um, That kid. Is brilliant. Um, some of the people that I'm not going to tell you who's in it because I don't want you to know that they're going to be in it and I want you to sit there and go like, oh my God, they're in that film. That That's amazing. The score. Um, some of the things that proves is AI. AI is human, human. That is really good. Um, the love and the care. And I do feel that the end part of Act 3 is a little bit like... Oh, okay. We know how it's gonna end, but I'm glad it does end that way. But sometimes when it could have been like, no, 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 it had to end that way to prove a point, to prove that humanity was humanity and that AI can be used for good. It had to end that way, and it had to show it. And I had a bit of a cry. I wasn't, because even though I was kind of expecting that, I did not expect it to properly get me. And at that moment, I just sat there and was, like, mm, was like, oh, there's tears coming out my face. Yeah. Was not expecting that at all. Um, it was, ah, uh, it didn't just meet the hype. It, because so many of these films that are advertised for so long but are action-based films, especially when we've recently had trailers for Barbie that have been out for a year. Oh, Barbie's not an action film, but you know what I mean. Um, but Oppenheimer was a trailer for a year. Mission Impossible we knew for a year. The um, Top Gun one. And so many of these films, um, when they start advertising them quite early on in the cinema, um, when they're low-key and they're not from a major franchise or something like that, they tend to get a little bit lost in the melee. And this one will, in, I guarantee, in fact, I'm going to put a reminder in my calendar, um, in three years' time, if I sit there and I look at you and I go like, the creator, um, and ask you if you've watched it, your words and reply will be spectacular. Spectacular, goosebumps, thought-provoking. <sighs> yeah, those will be your words. And it's fair, and I haven't yet booked it yet, but I am seriously thinking that either while your this episode has been released, or um, the day before, that I will be going to watch this in Screen X because I want to see it on as big a screen as possible, and I can't actually afford to go to IMAX, but I can afford to go to Screen X. Um, so yeah, I will be doing that, and that will be rather special um so yeah um that is how good i think the creator is i know there have been some people that have gone oh it's not got business, it's not got that in it. and i did in my small review go rogue two looks pretty good but it has that feel but i'm pretty sure that when i watch it for the second time knowing that suddenly we're going to get shot very similar to rogue one i'll be like ah so that did that and oh, we learned that from there so i'll pick it up for that time i didn't know what to go in expecting at all whereas now i know i can sit with and i can invest in oh so that is that and this is fun so i'm really looking forward to seeing it again did muck up my film viewing this week because i had planned on going to see it and now i'm sitting here and seeing that nothing else is out i'm like gotta see it again haven't i yeah and i don't have to but i'd like to so yeah I thoroughly recommend you go and watch for Creator, people. You will have an absolute blast. And every single person that has asked me, oh, what did you watch at six Cinema? I've gone, oh, watch watched The Creator. And they've all gone, and? And I've gone, phenomenal. They've gone, great, we'll try and watch it. Everyone's got the same feeling and the same hype for this. So I hope that you all get to go and watch it I and mean, you all then get to feel that feeling and that hype and go like, yeah, yeah, this did it. This, this back to the um Oppenheimer and Bybee um debate about original films original content and what makes things good what have been the hits of the summer Barbie okay it's based on a toy but it's an original film it hasn't got any sequels or anything like that Oppenheimer original film three-hour exposition about war talk to me I didn't like talk to me But Talk To Me is one of the highest-grossing A24 films ever released. Original film. Now the creator. I'm sorry. And Dumb Money. I know Dumb Money is based on a um, real-life thing that happened to the stock exchange. But it's still an original film. Five films... Yes, I understand and enjoy Talk To Me. But five films that are all original and are all original ideas, and they've all come out and they've all hit a target audience of which people have all gone, yes. I'm hoping the creator is going to do it as well. I hope it doesn't... It's it's lucky that it's come out now. Because if it had come out in the middle of spooky season, it would be like, Ugh. I can understand why they put it there. Because then everything from the summer and all the other stuff from there is all left. And they're also quite lucky now that we don't have Dune for a while. You know, next the next big, big, big is the Marvels. And then the Hunger Games. So if it hits well and people go and see it and the word gets out, this could hang about for a while being number one because there's nothing else really to contend with it. We've got some indie films and some films that are likely to... Um, compete and be valid for award season but nothing major until the end of october now so we have a huge chance that the creator can be number one for a few weeks and everyone be like yes what a film so good so clever so interesting so well acted and so thought-provoking so yeah (sighs) okay so i did talk about the creator for as long as i did the strange way life so i now don't feel so bad about that it's. In fact, I'm going to see it again. I know I love film. I know I have my card. I know it's only an extra £3 more for me to see it in ScreenX. But the fact that I'm going to see it again, and you know, I've had it and mucked up my for cinema viewing this week, but I'm going to go and see it again and see it on a bigger screen, I think that tells you what kind of a film it is. So, yeah. I seriously recommend you all go and see the creator as quickly as you can. And that is that for this fortnight's episode. Thank you all so much for listening, as always. It's really appreciated that you give up a small part of your time to listen to me. Yeah, yeah never take it for granted. I really don't. um The next episode of All Things Going Well should be the 18th of October. Then we're going to have a rejig and have a think about when stuff's going to happen because stuff might not happen in time. Due to certain things. (laughs) Um, But until then, you know where to find me. It's popcornforone.co.uk for for the actual blog and its reviews in its entirety. And it's popcorn underscore four underscore one on Twitter, Instagram and Letterboxd and Threads. And you must keep reminding me to use Threads, people, please. Because I keep forgetting it exists. It's really not good. But until then, look after yourselves. Be good to one another and the rest will take care of itself. And I will speak to you all in two weeks' time. Thank you so much for listening, besties. Take care. Bye.